Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's an author, life coach, motivational speaker, the CEO and founder of American Service and Protection, and a former NFL offensive lineman. It's Aaron Sean Harper. How are you doing today, Aaron? I am doing absolutely wonderful here in the beautiful state of Ohio. How are you doing out there? I am doing good. Thank you so much for this opportunity to learn more about you and your rise to the challenge. Yeah. So what we do is we go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Well, I am uh, just mentioned I'm from the south side of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you know, I, and yes, I did play, you know, a uh, nice little stint playing professional football. But unlike um, most athletes, I was plagued with challenges growing up. You know, I had, you know, the learning disabilities of one of six kids uh, being kicked out of a couple schools because of disciplinary issues. I was a bad boy and a mad boy, uh, <clears throat> leaving high school with like a, a 1.62 accumulative GPA, not on my ACT, graduating last in my class in academics, uh, voted most likely to fail, uh, believe it or not. <clears throat> and um, athletically, I was, you know, I was a sub-average athlete. You know, I, I, in fact, I wasn't even uh, honorable mention all-conference. And, and uh you know, there was a lot plagued, a lot stacked against me, but uh, underneath all of that was a seed, and that seed was to one day grow and sprout, providing that it had the right environment and the right encouragement, and I went off to another junior college in the Midwest, uh, um, North, Iowa, North Iowa Area Community College in Mason City, Iowa, and the first year I was on the bench, and uh, it looked like the same trajectory was moving, and then the second year, going into the second year, uh, the May before that season, I made a transformation. And I said, you know what? I'll never be successful, but I can win in life. And once I developed that winning attitude, the rest is history. So when you were growing up and going through those challenges with like the disability and the GPA, how did you overcome those obstacles? Or how did you keep a positive mindset to keep on going and not letting that affect you at all? Um, You really, you really don't have a choice not to let it affect you. It's going to affect you. It's going to impact you. But what you can't do is, let it, is, is to allow it to infect you. It's a difference. Uh, uh, to affect you, yes, infection is inside. And so my challenge was to never focus on it. And uh, that really helped me. Uh, if you change your focus, you change your life. And, and, and in fact, I didn't look at it that I was disabled. I looked at it at the fact that I was uniquely enabled. And so although there's things that I'm struggling and things I just flat out can't do, there's a whole host of things that I can do. So I'm uniquely enabled. I'm not focusing on the disabled. I'm focusing on what I can do. And that's basically the secret to my success, period, is your focus. What do you focus on? <clears throat> I like that kind of focusing on the things that you are good at or you're able capable of doing and not letting the stuff that you yeah because yeah it's, yeah it's 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 like the superheroes you know you know every major superhero has a strength and weakness you know uh, like superman doesn't focus on the fact that you know i have a disability that you know whenever i get around kryptonite oh man so you know, he lives his whole life focused on kryptonite. Or does he say, you know what, I can do this and this and this and this, but I struggle with this. So Batman, put a lid on the kryptonite so I can go off and uh, conquer the world, you know? You staff your weaknesses. 
Did or you, you cover? Did you have anyone that inspired you or motivated you at a young age? My mother. My mom was the ace in the hole. Uh, she would always say, someday, everyone's going to know who you are, son. I just don't know why. I just feel it one day the world's going to know who you are. She would always tell me that. And, and um, in my dark moments, that's basically what I held on to was mama's words. Yeah. So each day that you kind of kept that phrase in your mind that someday someone's going to know who I am as a person and that kept you going at all costs. Yeah. Wasn't every day, but in the dark moments, you know, you know, and, 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 and it's interesting because everyone has dark moments. Everyone has rainy days. What do you do in the rainy days? The reason why people don't make it out of rainy days is because they never prepare for rainy days. Mm -hmm. I know that when a rainy day is coming, I know I have a rainy day protocol. You know, I get by myself. I get reacclimated. I start praising God. I start singing. I start worshiping just to create that shift to get me out of that rut and get me back in this, you know, into the positive wind mode. Sometimes I'll write a check and, you know, I'll just give, you know, you know, X amount of dollars away, you know, just to start giving and, or, or sometimes I'll go on Facebook, like, Hey, free coaching, free coaching, free coaching. You know, I start talking to people and encouraging and motivating people and getting them out of that rut. Heck yeah. Yeah. So that it's more, it's more, it's kind of like the gift of giving. Like you're wanting to give any way you can and no matter what's going on, if I'm able to give a part of an experience, I want to do that. Yeah, you you give what you need. You know, oftentimes we focus on this is what I need. This is, you know, this is what I must have. And and um, um, this is what I'm expecting. And, and you know, it rarely comes. But if you give, 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 and then if you have a need, you throw it out there. Give, 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 then, you know, you have a need, then, you know, you throw it out there. But focus on the giving part. Yeah, focus on that. Going into college, did you have any goals that you were wanting to accomplish? Wow. Um, going into junior college, getting to Indiana University, going to or to a Big Ten university, from uh, a Big Ten university focusing on going to the NFL. And that was my goal. So going yeah. playing professional football was the dream job that you wanted from the That was the dream shot. What were you going to pursue in college? Well, you know what? I wasn't even thinking about that. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, the, probably one of the last things in my mind was, you know, a collegiate education. It's funny, right? Because my goal was to play football. But you know what? I'm so grateful for uh, collegiate football because many years now, later, football is over. That degree has helped me start my own security firm because you had to have a degree in order to obtain your license after so many hours of you know, working. So you, that was an absolute blessing. Did you ever have the thought, because there's sometimes with college athletes, they kind of want to pursue professional sports instead of finishing that degree. And they don't have that backup when their career is over. Where you kind of, like you said, you were thankful that you had that degree. Was there ever a thought that maybe I wasn't going to finish that degree, but I just wanted to move on? Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know what? I knew eventually that I would finish it, whether it was that, then or two or three years later, I was going to get that piece of paper. Um, if not, it's just a one-way street. You're being exploited. But uh, 
you get that piece of paper is mutually beneficial, definitely. So what was the biggest thing that you learned about yourself playing collegiate sports? Um, interesting question. The biggest thing I learned about myself is that, is, is that I am incredibly resilient. I, I, you know, you put a lot of pressure on a person, they do either one or two things, either focus or they fold. I have a gift of focusing under a lot of pressure. And uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that I was, you know, I didn't know that I had that gift, but you never know what's in the tea bag till you put hot water on it, you know? So. Has that helped um, during your career now, the resiliency? Definitely. Uh, I've been in business for 15 years, um, closer, closer, closer to 20. And there's been many days I wanted to quit. Probably once a month, I'm like, oh, I'm done. Oh, I'm so done. I so want to hang it up. But then that, that drive, you know, get back on the bike, you know, never get off, never get off that bike, keep moving, keep fighting, keep winning. It, it just, it just, it's just a part of my DNA, which is the blessing to have the winner's DNA of resilience. I've had those moments where kind of like I give up sometimes and I yeah. have to tell myself that you can't stop. Like you got to give some time and develop like people probably want these results to happen right away. But then when the results go in a different direction, they kind of are like, okay, I give up and they want to stop. So having that resiliency is definitely a huge impact for definitely the generation now, but anyone that's owning their own business, because it's always a roller coaster and you never know what direction things are going to go. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, that is my knock against the media is they never they tend to celebrate the glory, but they never uh, open up and talk about the story. So here's this famous multimillionaire CEO, 31 years old. They don't talk about when this guy was 21, how many businesses that that individual failed at. And you know, they don't talk about the dark moments of Walt Disney. And they don't talk about the dark moments of starting a computer company in his dorm room with Michael Dale. They don't talk about, uh, uh, Thomas Edison failing thousands of times. They don't talk about Henry Ford and you know his tragedies. They only focus on the glory, which gives people a false sense, a false sense of achievement. There's always a price. There's a, a there's a price, and B, there's a sacrifice. I think that's interesting because a lot of people may want to know the sacrifices they had to make or the path that took them to get to where they're at because they would be more inspired by that story than okay they just did this and now okay but how did they get there because it maybe will change their mindset of okay I got to work hard to get that big end result yeah and uh, I really wish that they would share that more but unfortunately that's not brought out to light I guess I didn't sell tickets but, you know, if you really want to learn the game, you got to learn the failures because failure is your friend. And once you realize that failure is your friend and it's just tuition, baby, then you get back up and you keep moving and you keep running and you keep winning. So getting drafted for the NFL, talk about that experience for you. It was amazing. It was like draft day in the NFL. Uh, I remember, I'm, I'm sitting at my apartment with my friend and – you know, I'm third pick in the fourth round. I'm 
stoked. I'm so excited. And, you know, I shoot off to Red Lobster and, you know, we're just like celebrating with a couple people. And, you know, that was basically it. You know, the news spreads within the next day, you know, Sean's drafted and I went and purchased my favorite car, like Nissan Pathfinder, right? And it, it was it was just an absolutely blessed experience. I loved that time. I loved it. It was fun. Did it matter what round or number you were picked or just getting that, getting your name called out was the more important? Yeah, I wasn't really concerned about that. It's just, you know what? I'm going somewhere. A dream fulfilled. I'm going. That's all I needed. To talk about your rookie season, how, what was your mindset going in there? Were there a lot? Of you know, I was scared. I was, I was scared because, you know, you know, these guys are good. Everyone's good. Everyone's quick. Everyone's fast. Um, my NFL season, my career was plagued with a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, I had well, so injured reserve here and there, but um, just being around these guys, you just, man, some of the most amazing characters, you know, uh, great offensive linemen and leaders like Jackie Slater, Tom Newberry, uh, uh, Robert Young. It just, man, I just, I, I just had an absolute blast. When you were going through those injuries, were you one of those types of people that I want to learn any way I can, even if I'm on the sideline? So you wanted to be at the practice. Oh, you know what? That's a nice, a nice gesture. But you know, I was injured in a way that I couldn't be on the sideline. And they're like, you know what? Stay here, stay away, get healthy. So, yeah. So going through that, not being near the team, and how did you handle that? Or was it kind of messing with your mind in a way that? Yeah, it, it was extremely challenging for me because all that I, you know, everything that I had built was hinged off that. You know, I had built that up and now make it to the NFL and then all of a sudden it's, you know, you're, you're, you're injured, you're done. And to be honest, it really forced me to have a really strong relationship with God. So do, do you have any memorable moments? Uh, playing football or oh yeah I have tons of I think the best memorable moments were just hanging out with the guys in the locker room you know just hanging around with you know 40 to 50 other competitive guys you know, they're all competitive all type a personalities it's like a bunch of renegade warriors we're all in the locker room together like ah you know one up in each other and you know pushing each other to a standard of greatness I mean yeah can't beat that love it so when you were and kind of getting to the end of your NFL career before you made that shift to NFL Europe, what was going through your mind in the decision for that? You know what? To be honest, that was about 20, 20 years ago. I don't even know what I was thinking then. <laughs> you know, it's just, let's just play. Let's get back in the game. You know, I, I don't remember. Yeah. Is there anything that you would have done differently? in your career with football or something that you wish you had? Probably, probably would have, I probably would have taken the opportunity about 50% more serious, not take it for granted. Why is that? Well, because the NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, you, you know, if I would have trained a little harder, could I have not, not got injured? Had I trained a little harder, you know, would this have happened? Would that have happened? You know, so yeah, just, uh, just 
what could I have done different as far as training, you know? Should I have told the trainers that I was really hurt that day? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Were you really hurt that day or? Yeah, I was hurt. <laughs> yeah. So during that last season, were you already preparing for being an entrepreneur or what you were going to be doing next? Or were, were you fine? No, no, no. I, I just knew that that season was over. You know, and once the season's over, you have to move into the next season. Like if you're fortunate enough to prepare for the next season, that's great. But if not, you still have to move into the next season. I was just prepared to move to the next season. So, yeah. So talk about starting your own business. How did that come about and why did you pick that industry? So um, my brother owned a security firm and uh, he basically turned it over to me. And I took over and I ran it and I've been running it since uh, 2004. And it's been, an, you know, an absolute blessing, ups and downs. But you know what? We've been grinding and uh, we've been doing quite well. As a leader of, the, of your organization, how are you able to lead a team? What kind of um, techniques do you use? Well, so one of the things that I do is that, is that, is that I always sell the win. The win is bigger than anything or any aspect of the company. And once you have people focused on the top, the win, then it pulls everyone else together. The win is bigger than any goal that's, that's, that's in a, you know inner department goal. It's bigger than the sales goal. It's bigger than the marketing goal. It's bigger than the retention goal. The win is what you focus on. And so when everyone is focused on that, if you lose, if we don't win and, and we lose, it doesn't matter what you did in marketing, doesn't matter what you did in sales, at the top, we didn't win. So now everyone's, you know, walking around, you know, like, you know, how can we win? Also, how can we help each other, other departments and other teams win? You know, if, if me as an offensive tackle, if I had an excellent game, but we still lost, I'm not like excited in the locker room. I'm like, no, we lost. We lost. And that's how we should you know, work as a team. So the main, the big picture is always working as a team, not individuals, because yes. like yes. for sports, you win as a team, lose as a team. That's right. You are, you are exactly right. 100%. Talk about going through some ups and downs. How are you able to help your team um, handle those ups and downs? Well, so helping my team handle ups and downs is being able to have a good ear, being able to listen to the challenges, listen to the problems, and make sure when you address the problem that you're addressing the right problem. Because sometimes problems are symptoms of deeper issues and deeper problems. And so being able to listen and to hear what your teammates talking about and being able to dial down and to attack that particular problem is huge. And so I think every leader should have a good ear be able to listen and to hear what's really going on with the people and the organization as a whole. Did you have a time with sports or before that where you had a leader not have a good ear and you were trying to do the opposite of what they were doing? What was that now? So you talk about having a good ear and listening to the, what your teammates or your uh, colleagues talk about. Did you right. have in your past where you had a leader that didn't do that and you're trying to do the opposite and be there for your team. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
I actually did. And, and, and it taught me a lot because I was able to listen when he was leaving. I was able to watch the people's expressions and their body language after he finished speaking and they finished schmoozing up to him. When he turns his back, I'm watching them. I'm like, wow, this is creating dissension. This is creating uh, uh, a lot of uh, disunity. And that eventually carries over to productivity. Definitely, most definitely. I've definitely had that, those moments where I've had leaders not listen and they kind of have that, I'm going to do what I want and I don't care what my colleagues say. And it kind of shows that we're not a team and it's kind of like we're individuals. And to me, I don't work that way. I kind of want to have that communication with my manager. And it shows if we have communication, we are going to get bigger and bigger and do a lot more and what we're able to do. Definitely. Do you see the future of your company growing even more? Do you have any goals for the company? Yeah, I am, I am pumped right now that we should double within the next six months. I'm looking to double in size within the next six months. I'm that pumped. Are you Definitely. that sets goals, like small goals and big goals to get to that doubling number that you're wanting? So I like to throw out big goals and then I like to let my teams come up with, you know, the smaller goals. Okay. I like to set the bar real high. <laughs> and then I say, okay, now you guys figure out how we're going to get there. Make it happen. You're like a person that likes to challenge other people. Love it. Love it. And I hire people who love who loved challenges. I like that's That's a good attitude because challenging people, it just makes them grow even more and show right. you because Sometimes they might have self-doubt, like, oh, I don't think we can do that. But then when that impact happens, they're like, wow, I just did that. That's it, right there. So you talk about, you also do motivational speaking. Why did you want to get into that? Oh, because it's, it's, it's uh, on my journey, you know, I had my mother and a few others who helped me. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people uh, that they don't have that support. You know, there, there's, there's tons of Sean Harpers, but without the support. So, you know, being able to latch on or just give a speech or just speak for an hour or so just to help and push people and encourage and motivate them, that's huge. All day. I love to do that. You know, I'll do it in my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for each of your clients or groups that you do for your motivational speaking, are usually the topics different or do you kind of just hear what they want to talk about and you kind of use your experience and mold it into what they're wanting? I do both. I do both. Um, you know, I, I have about, you know, five or six different speeches. And uh, from there, I also listen to what they're, you know, I listen for the pain points and then I figure out, okay, let's come up, let's come up with a solution for the pain points. Let's come up with a solution to create a win for their pain points, most definitely. Has the pandemic um, kind of played an effect in being able to do speaking or have Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I probably lost about 80% of my gigs speaking. Yeah, easy. Uh, the rest went on Zoom. But, I'm, you know, I'm picking up conferences by Zoom now, which is awesome, you know, being able to speak for – you know, 45 minutes to an hour, just one place and 
uh, letting that energy transfer over. That's awesome. I love it. Have you not, have, was doing conferences something new or you kind of took it like doing a big group and kind of that similar setting and it helped in that area? Something new for me. I'm more of a in-your-face type of a speaker. Yeah. It's kind of like going back to you like to challenge yourself. So and challenge, yeah. you know, it's like any challenges, you're like, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Repetition is the mother of skill. Yes. So you're also an author. What what moved you to write a book? A challenge. You know what? I've, I've you know, there's other speakers. They have books out and, you know, uh, uh, let's let's look at your legacy okay you know what's going to be you know what is going to be in print long after you're gone you know you are i have i've been blessed with a book and actually two books but i'm not going to mention the other one yet to to uh uh once i'm gone that book is still in print so now it has the ability to transcend time like Think and Grow Rich, he's been dead, but people still read that book, you know? Uh, Stephen Covey, this, the, the, the Habits of Highly Effective People, that book is still in print. Like, wow, you know what? That's powerful, that's awesome. Why not? Let's do it. Were those kind of the books that have inspired you now and wanting to do whatever you can to make an impact or leave that legacy that you're wanting? Yes, most definitely. I. I love, uh, you know, people like uh, Napoleon Hill, Maxwell Maltz, Zig Ziglar, uh, uh, Robbins. Uh, yeah, definitely. So looking back at your time when you were playing football to what you're doing now with your businesses and speaking, have you brought any skills over from football that has helped you now? The only reason why I'm able to exist in business is that I was able to bring over the football skills, to bring over a winning concept and a winning mindset that, that, that I was able to bring from the football field to the boardroom, to bring the concept of the win, the concept of determination, the concept of strategy and planning and implemented in the corporate America uh, space has been the absolute secret of why I'm still in business. Most businesses fail within the first five years, but having that resolve and uh, strategies has afforded me to be here, you know, for, you know, close to 20 years, 15 to 20 years, so yeah. Is there anything that you are wanting to accomplish in the next few years? Yeah, I wanna travel, I wanna speak, I wanna bless people, I wanna be a blessing, I wanna be, you know, Lord, allow me to bless people for your kingdom, uh, build orphanages, feed the poor, uh, just give back. You know, one of the things I've learned is that it doesn't come to you if it can't get through you. I want to give back, definitely. So for someone that's in the industry that you're in speaking or as a CEO of a company, what tips or advice would you give them to rise to their challenge? Build your team. That is one of the hidden secrets is building teams. You have to build teams, whether, you know, you're in uh, football is a team sport. You can't win with, you know, just, you have to have a team in, in corporate America. You have to have a team as a CEO, uh, as an entrepreneur, you have to have your team. Who's your lawyer, you know, who's your CPA, you know, build, build effective teams and know when to let certain people go to uh, re up and to, 
get another teammate for the next level that you're going to. Teammates are huge. And the final question I have for you, based on your journey and your experience, what tips or advice would you give someone to rise to their challenge, to overcome obstacles and accomplish their goals? Life, life gives you the test and teaches you the lesson. Do not be afraid to go to school, the school of life. When you fail, and you will fail, get back on the bike. That's how you learn how to you know, ride a bike. It's you kept falling off, but you kept getting back on. Get back on the bike. Persistence through resistance is the secret, is the key. That's what I would tell them. I think that's definitely a good point because a lot of people, they kind of, they want to use their failures as a way to grow as a person. Yeah. And they kind of use, they kind of just don't want to give up because someone that's going to ride their bike they're going to keep on going until they're able to because they want to say, right. That's it. Well, Eric, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talk about your rise to the challenge. It's been an honor to learn more about your experience and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Hey, thank you. And I have a free book for everyone at Sean Harper, S-H-A-W-N-H-A-R-P-E-R.co.co. You'll get a free copy of the Winner's Edge book as a digital copy. And you can follow me on Instagram, Sean Harper Speaker. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.